0: Hi, everyone. It's Paladayana, Diana and this is Unleashed, the Game Changers. Today is a special episode because it's a Zoom uh, special uh, setting. As you can see, uh, we are in lockdown here in London. We can't uh, meet anyone. So unfortunately, I, I can't be close to my guest on the sofa of Unleashed. But we are connected on Zoom and this is really precious because uh, she is amazing. And I hope you will love her as much as I love her. Our guest today is Samantha Rehnke. She's an actor, presenter, badass activist for disability. I really admire her and uh, I hope you will too as well. Thank you Samantha for being here with us today.
1: Oh, it's absolute pleasure. And you know, I, I actually, I actually got out of my pajamas today, especially for you. So I wore a, I wore a very pretty dress. So not only are you helping my mental well-being, um, <laughs> but I, I, I only did one hand this morning, painted one hand. So I hope you won't really notice. I, I ran out of time. Um, so you I've made heart hard. Hands. Honestly, I've made half an effort for you, but it's an absolute pleasure. I
0: love your positive mindset. I I tell you the truth, I'm like you. So when when we met, because we met at this talk show, um, Power of Women... And, uh, and I, I heard you speaking and, uh, and I thought, oh, my God, I love her mindset because you're mine, you know. And, um, and I, I thought, you know, I really want to know more about her. So I, I discovered that you're not an amazing human being, but you're also a game changer in the way you're really changing the narrative about disability. So please let me know which are the worst biases that people have yes. with the disability.
1: Gosh, I mean, um, let's, let's kind of paint the picture, so to speak. So I have a quite a rare genetic disorder called osteogenesis imperfecta, um, and that is more commonly known as brittle bone condition. So it means that I don't have a type 1 collagen. So we all know what collagen is. Some people get it pumped into their face, um, but we, we naturally produce it in our body. We have all different types of collagen in our body, and people with my condition, we don't have type 1. So what that means is our bones, our joints are very fragile, very brittle, very, very bendy. I've got very bendy joints, uh, which can be a positive for some, for some things. Um, But um, it means that my bones can break very easily. So um, I've had around 200 broken bones in my life. I'm a full-time 200. So I even broke when I was in my mother's womb. Um, I I am a full-time wheelchair user, Um, but obviously not having collagen because collagen is in your hair, it's in your eyes, it's in your skin, it's in your arteries. So there's a number of other complex needs um that or or health health concerns that come with having brittle bones but because your skeleton is you know makes up such a big part of your your body that's why uh we, we call it brittle bones so i've always been a wheelchair user um i've always kind of been very um optimistic even as a child i didn't really understand when people would you know say oh it's such a shame um, god bless her um you know I was like, I don't really understand this negative what why are why are people looking at me differently so I you know I've always had a, a quite an innate sense of self-worth um obviously this, this is beautiful. This, you know which I I because people say, where does it come from? And to be honest, there's obviously, there's that nature-nurture factor. And I definitely think... We all have it. <laughs> totally, totally. But I do believe genuinely, I'm, I've always been quite a, 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 a loud, quite a sassy even as a child I was very sassy and very and I think that would just became you know that was just meme Samantha uh, which has really helped particularly when you grow up with a disability because what you find is a lot of people won't necessarily approach you because people feel awkward and uncomfortable around disability and that's because we all have unconscious bias we all get told things you know we grow up thinking that you know if you're disabled it must be a horrible thing you know if someone has a car accident and they're in a wheelchair for six months you're not going to give them a round of applause you're not going to tell them oh that's wonderful you're going to go oh my goodness that's awful you know so already society has a very negative attitude towards disability that that your life must be lesser than or not as equal than or it must be horrendous and I think I think for me um you know I'm not going to say that every day for me is a a picnic and I don't I don't always sit there and go it's wonderful you know sometimes when it's that time of the month and I'm and I'm I'm swollen and you know my hair isn't going right and you know I feel a little bit overweight or whatever my day isn't great but the but the, the point is not all my bad days are related to my impairment or related to having brittle bones so there's something called the social model of disability and that basically teaches us that um I only become disabled by my by by external factors. So I only become disabled when people stereotype me, when people talk to me like a child, when I get infantilised, or if I go somewhere and there isn't an accessible uh, 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 toilet, or you know the restaurant is downstairs in the basement and they don't have a lift. Oh, so, so I think that is one of the main the main. Um, kind of misconceptions about disability is that you know all uh, uh, that i i sit there and i cry every night wanting to be able to walk well, actually, I mean, I live in. I, I'm actually visiting my mother at the moment in Lancashire, in in the countryside, uh, because of COVID. It was just the. Because I'm a high risk person, it was the uh, sensible option. But I normally live in central London, and it really makes me laugh because um, when people go, oh, wouldn't it be great if you could walk? And I'm like, well, not really, because that would mean that I would have to go on a, on a on an underground tube, squashed next to pe- smelly people and you know um, have to do an hour's commute every day to work actually um, my disability allows me to work from home i only get private taxis whenever i go because they're fully accessible so um there's actually a lot of positives that come out from from having a disability no.
0: no seriously i love that you always find the positive side in life and this is a lesson for all of us, you know, because I'm like you. I tell you the truth. I mm-hmm. I was born with the same, you know, strength and uh, um, and the same type of personality. So uh, I'm the one always, you know, uh, showing people, you know, not uh, the negative side, but the positive side. Mm. So that the glass is, you know, um, uh, it's, it's not uh, half empty, you know, it's yeah. half empty, as we say. But I, what also uh, really impressed me and makes me think uh, is what you said about uh, the image that society has. About yeah. disability. And it also reminds me a lot about the image that society has about women. As you know, yeah. I'm a strong feminist activist. I always been. Uh, but, even me, when I was a child when I was young i was um, I was struggling with my you know yeah. body image uh, with uh, you know I, I was thinking I was too fat stuff like that because uh, the image of women was yeah. to be super skinny uh, and I am not a super skinny person, and now I love myself and I eat <laughs> and I do whatever i want but i I struggle, so I would like to know if you had your journey as well, so if you went through struggle as well when you were younger, and then you realized uh, uh, that uh, uh, we shouldn't suffer for what society, uh, you know, wants us to be.
1: Oh, completely, I think, you know, my teenage years were tough, I mean, my, my, sadly, I lost my father in 96 when I was nine and my family unit was, was um, put into disarray after that. So, you know, my teenage years we, it were, were really a struggle. I went from having a very uh, solid family. We were actually going to move to New Zealand. We had a house up for sale and then my father passed away from a brain hemorrhage and that left my mum, a single mother. My mum's German, so she was in a foreign country with two children. Um, one of the one of whom had a disability and um, so so I really struggled in general just to just to just to, to, to cope with life at times and then obviously, when I went to high school, because we were supposed to be moving to uh, new zealand i i didn't actually have a a high school to go to we didn't plan any of this because we were moving. So when, when my father passed away, it was like, oh my goodness, we need to get Samantha to high school. Now I'm 34 now. Um, and, and when I was looking to go to high school, um, that was not when the law was um, in, in the favor of disabled people. So we, we didn't have the equality act, which we have now. So, the, so what that meant was the school that I wanted to go to where all my friends were going to, where my sister was at, it wasn't accessible and they didn't have to by law adapt the school. So I had to go to a very different school. I didn't know anyone. My sister wasn't there. My father had just died. You know, my mother was struggling. It was That's a tough time. And then, and then, I, and then I was the girl in the wheelchair. You know, uh, you know. So that for me, I really all of a sudden hated myself because people started going, "Oh, Samantha, you know, not the girl that was funny, not the girl with the blonde hair, the girl in the wheelchair." You know, yeah. and that was, that was a game changer for me, and that really made me. Feel like I wasn't, I wasn't someone who should should be happy. I wasn't someone that was worth having uh, friends. I, 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 you know, it was a really dark time for me. Um, so that was tough. And and do you know what got me through? I really like fashion. I really like makeup, and I remember, I'll tell you a story actually, Um, I was about 17 and I was shopping with my my mother and my sister, and my sister, she's beautiful, blonde, very sporty, she was a Thai kickboxer, you know, she studied uh, judo, kickboxing, all sorts of things, like, (laughs) honestly, like, she was, like, badass woman, but God bless her, and she won't mind me saying this to you, she was really, really rubbish at dressing. Like, honestly, like, like, I don't know, she'd come down the stairs sometimes. I'm like, what, what are you wearing? Anyway, um, I was the opposite. And I remember one day we were shopping and I get a lot of people staring at me anyway because people are curious, people are ignorant. But this one particular day, lots and lots of people were staring. And I came out of the shop and I burst into tears. And, and I said, oh, I'm sick of it. I hate, why do people have to stare at me? This is, this is me, you know, this, this, I can't do anything about me. Why are they staring? And, you know, I was, only a, I, was a, I was a child still. I was a child, and that's a lot to take as a child, mm. to be constantly reminded that you're different. You're different, you know? Um, and, and my sister said to me, she went, do you know what, Samantha? Have you ever thought that maybe they're looking at you because of how you dress, because you look beautiful? Uh, because not everybody can put together an outfit not everybody can do their own makeup and you know what ever since then whoever stares at me I think that's because I look sexy that's because I look amazing that's not because you're ignorant maybe some of them are still ignorant but maybe some of them are actually going oh my god I love that dress where did she get that from and I think that really helped and I think it's you know it's it's taking a situation and, and not necessarily taking it to a dark place. You know, even now, as we're facing, you know, lockdown, um, it's, it's, it is horrendous. It's unprecedented. You know, it's a scary time. But actually, there's actually a lot that we can take away from it. in a positive, it's about changing your um, mental state. And it's about, I'm, I'm a true believer in practicing gratitude. Um, I've been practicing gratitude from a very young age because my health has always been up and down. You know, so when I would fracture constantly, when I would be, when I wouldn't have a fracture, I'd be so grateful that I wasn't in pain, you know, and I, so.
0: You are amazing, seriously, I mean, this is the right attitude toward life, this is the right attitude, and everyone should have it, unfortunately it's not like this, you know how many people... They only wait for the first adversity to start complaining, complaining, complaining. Mm. But adversities are part of our life, of and we should all embrace, uh, you know, what's happening and react. Is the way we react?
1: Oh, completely. Life. I mean, I know. Look, look. For example, now I know it's horrendous, but actually, every day we see suffering in the world, but it might not affect us so much. It's every right. day. So actually, it's been brought to our doorstep now. So like, we have had to confront it. But in actual fact, there are wars going on. There is suffering every day. If if you know, if we were to look at the negative every day instead of the positive, we would be crying every day because actually we are all going to die. You know, everyone's going to die. So why are we not sat mourning every day? Because because of our impending death, we don't. We we find the positives and we get on with life. You know, so 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 why would uh, you know this time be any different? You know, so I think it, it. look. It. I'm. I'm not here to say that if you can't see the positive, because I have negative. Like honestly, I. I had the other day. I got a lot of online hate after doing an article, and I really, I really I, sat there. I can't
0: believe that this is. want uh, uh, honestly, I to ask you mm. if you are receiving hate. Uh, oh uh, yes,
1: I've seen work. a. I've I've seen a, a real surge in in hate since COVID. Uh, there seems to be a lot of frustration uh, which uh, then transpires and comes out into uh, hate i mean i get i get targeted anyway because i think if you're in the public eye unfortunately you mm. just get uh, uh, everyone thinks that they can have an opinion on you and everyone thinks that which is ironic because actually um, social media and going on the television that is my place of work you know i used to work in a school did i did i expect to get hate at school did i expect people to swear at me no I wouldn't, that would be a t- zero tolerance. But, um, you know, if you are, uh, if you have a platform um, like myself, um, people think that it's okay to um, to, to, to to say quite nasty things. I mean, look, no, you don't have to, we don't have to like everyone. We don't have to agree with everyone. But there's a very difference between having a difference of opinion and um, being downright abusive. Um, well, like I don't you know? accept
0: uh, abusive, uh, you know, messages or comments. Mm. I, I personally also, I don't reply to them uh, mm. and I cancel them if I can, if it's on my platform. Of course. I think everyone should be polite and decent and we shouldn't hate each other. So I'm uh, I'm really shocked when I hear that. But of mm. course, you are know, you, also a woman and we have to face mm-hmm. it. There is a lot of sexism, you know, yeah. and, and on, on the web. I mean, but it's horrible, you know? So they, they are against you for what you say about COVID-19. It's crazy. Um, so, so I've had quite, uh,
1: right from the beginning of COVID, um, disabled people were very very much at the bottom of the priority list. I remember when we first heard about COVID um, and they, you know, news, news reporters kept saying, but it would only affect 2% of the general public. So the elderly and the disabled, you know, people with high risk, uh which means disabled people. And I just thought uh, and, and they kept saying, But that's okay, it's only two percent. And I was going, Hello, Gee. I am I am the two percent and my life is, is equal to anybody else's. So it was um it was interesting that right for the narrative right from the beginning was um quite quite um negative towards um Uh, disabled people and prioritizing disabled people. I mean, I'm not going to get into too much detail because there's so much work that could have been done better. So I've had a lot of hate from people who basically think that I should shut up and, you know, realize that everybody's struggling or suffering. But I actually wrote a post on Instagram the other day um, saying that suffering isn't a competition. Like, we shouldn't compete against one another. Um, you know, my suffering isn't any lesser just because I now have a garden to sit in, or you have a balcony, and someone else doesn't have a balcony, or my experience of COVID isn't any um, worse or better because I am not living on my own. You know, we've all got our we've all got our um, struggles yeah. to deal with, and we shouldn't be competing against one another. But I think I think this competitive nature in in suffering has has really brought out a lot of hate. Towards people,
0: yeah, that, that's horrible. You're right. I, I think this is a problem of this time, but still, I think we should find the way. Uh, of course, the, we need f- uh, free speech, but I think we should find a way to control more uh, the social media yeah. and happening on the internet because people should be accountable for what they. I agree. I agree. Um, I
1: mean, I used to, I, again. I, I worked in a school. I think there should be a zero tolerance is you know there's a difference between having free speech and then you know i've had people say to kill myself i've had people say you're vile you're not a real human being because you're disabled like that is a freedom of speech that is bullying
0: yeah 100 percent. this is a hate speech and you should be accountable for this I think we should, we all should be more empathic in this yep. world. So I, I think this hate speech is is just the the result of lack of empathy.
1: And 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 I think also we need to be very mindful because I get a lot of people say to me, oh, but it's just words, just forget about it, just yep. block them. But actually, you know, when I when I was teaching, one of my children who had autism, so he was on the autistic spectrum, he got bullied. A lot of it was online, and he he took his own life when he was eleven years old. So. For those people who say, get a grip, grow up, man up, it's just words, why do you care? I actually say, well, actually, when you open your phone every day and people, yes, okay, these people don't really mean anything to me because they're not my family and they're not my friends, but when you open your phone, which is supposed to be a safe space, for me, it's my place of work and I get told that I'm worthless and that I should kill myself. I'm sorry, I, I find it hard to find a human being that would be able to cope
0: with that mm. uh, yeah i can't even you know imagine the miserable lives these people might have because i think yep. they just live in you know misery to be so hateful totally. and, um, yeah so i actually feel pity for them but definitely i i i, I hope you will continue to be as strong as you are because <laughs> you are just amazing seriously i loved you since the first time <laughs> I, school, you know, and I, I heard your your words coming outside your, your mouth and i was like wow <laughs> <laughs> that's because i was
1: drunk that night a little bit
0: <laughs> i think i was too actually they were it keep- <laughs> they <laughs> can't give <laughs> it as drinks <laughs> yeah and I'm not used to drink so yeah I I understand that but let's talk about something a little bit more um, so I know that you love to dress up, uh, and you have uh, really gorgeous and sexy <laughs> friends, uh, and you like to go to the club. Let me know something more about the way you you enjoy life uh, at, at the fullest. So, what you do usually? Wow! Well, the you kid, uh, not during the COVID crisis. Oh sh! Gosh! <laughs> gosh. Do you know what? It's really funny because I I'm 34
1: now, and I moved to London eight years ago, to so 2012. And and I, I I kind of came from teaching. Um, I came from, you know, not being very independent to all of a sudden I quit my job and I moved 200 miles away on my own to London. So that was really crazy, um, brave, I suppose, crazy. It, uh, it, but I was 27 and I up until that point, I, I'd been such a good girl. I had quite a codependent relationship with my mother. Um, you know, we were best friends, but we, it, it, it was sometimes unhealthy um, because I felt like I wasn't living the life I wanted to because um, I always kind of had to be there for my mother. Yeah,
0: um, and yeah, you wanted to be free. And, yeah.
1: Uh, so the first the first few years, the first three years in London, I don't even remember much of it because I was partying hard, really hard just going to go into clubs i used to work at the box in soho which is like a sex club not doing anything just dressing up uh, i know just,
0: the boxing. yeah
1: just 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 dressing up like mm-hmm. beautiful I, mean, I think beautifully um you know i i i kind of have a lot of gay friends a lot of trans friends um which really opened up my my world i think you know i think definitely when you are a minority group it's so beautiful getting to know other minority groups because there's so much um, that we have in common, and it can feel like we we really support one another. So, my, yeah, the first three years was me just being like, oh, my goodness, I'm in London, I'm free, I'm going to go crazy. And, and I loved it, and I loved every minute of it. I kind of, you know, I, I genuinely think everybody, no matter your circumstance, you need to have a few crazy years because you don't want to get, you know, to your 50s and be like, oh, my God, I didn't do anything. But now, if I'm honest, I love being at home. I love I you know I love my work. My work can be quite demanding, um, and it's very you know there's a lot of talking, there's a lot of interaction, and even though I love people, um, I I love my own time. I think this is why I'm doing quite well in lockdown because I love my own thoughts. I do a lot of writing, I do a lot of reading. I get very creative when I'm just sat looking out of the window, you know. So. Um, at the, at, I've got a beautiful little flat adapted apartment in, in se- central London. I've got my cat, uh, who's a, a sphinx cat, you know, the naked, you know, the ones with no fur. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> oh my God. She's like my baby. Aww. Um, so she keeps me company. I like to cook for friends. I, do you know what? I rarely go out now. Um, but I think this time in lockdown has made me realize that last, last year or the last 18 months. I went a little bit too extreme, so I invested so much in my career that I really didn't do anything with my social life. There was not a good balance.
0: I understand, yeah, but there are periods in your life,
1: though. Exactly, exactly. But, it, you know, you know my career has gone boom, 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 boom. It's gone, you know, amazingly well. So mm-hmm. I think after lockdown, I definitely need to get a nice balance because I want to start dating. I've not dated for a long time. I really struggle with dating, Um a lot of men can it's be quite
0: cool. common to all people living in london i tell you.
1: No god, oh god yeah I, I i do you know what again i don't think it's necessarily related to my disability some of it is um or and some of it you know is obviously just because you're a, you're a, a feisty career woman in london you know like i i a lot of my other career women in london they they are like 10 10 15 years older than me and they are only now having children or you know settling down so i feel like i've got a little bit of time yet but um i definitely need to invest in in dating because i'm not very proactive that's part of my life where i'm not very proactive i think i've been hurt quite a few times i've tried online dating and i get a lot of again quite horrible
0: comments yeah but um, it's really difficult so you totally you bad people online. yeah it is cheers so you know
1: so and obviously now that I'm I'm not look I'm not a superstar but people do definitely recognize me now and I think that adds a different element to dating it can be quite quite a struggle because you start to question why people are maybe interested in you you know uh, because they get quite excited that they've seen you on the television so it's, it's 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 all a learning curve for me but to be honest I'm quite happy with my cat I know that sounds really sad but I
0: I don't understand (laughs) you said this in an interview a lot of people they're interested in your romantic uh, life because they they wonder if uh, you know like a a relationship you can have children you can have do do you want to tell us something more about this part yeah Look, There seems to be be a weird
1: fascination with disability and sex and to a certain degree I am happy to talk about it because I do think that ignorance breeds ignorance but there is a fine line between like I would never go up to you and say well what's your favourite sexual position or can you have sex whereas people people will ask me that quite regularly. Oh wow! You know, um. So I think you know you've got to be very mindful that just I, I'm not here. My my life purpose isn't here to make you feel better to to educate you. You know, I'm just living my life. Obviously, mm-hmm. as a campaigner, there is a certain degree where I, I I will share my existence and and you know I feel like I, I feel like my confidence and my you know I told you about that innate self worth. Mm-hmm. I think I was given that by God. You know, to to definitely be that voice because not everybody is but again I'm very mindful that I don't have to tell you everything about you know my 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 hmm. sexual sexual ability or my you know I mean so someone approached me just this this week he said he messaged me he said I want to take you out can I take you out so I said not but I said well I don't know you and he, he was he was messaging me a few times and then I posted a I posted a video of me um, when I was sat outside on my swing yesterday and I, I posted a video of my legs and I was like swinging my legs and he messaged me he went oh I didn't realize you could move your legs and I just thought is that try- are you trying to turn me on is that something you would message someone that you're interested in like first of all you're just assuming that everyone in a wheelchair are paraplegic yeah. and can't move really- so you know and I and I I and I, 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 I kind of blocked him yesterday but then now I'm thinking can I you know, is that just a, 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 innocent, innocent ignorance? Or should I actually say, you know, or should I actually say, no, whoever, whoever comes into my life as in a relationship has to maybe do some of their own research themselves and educate themselves, you know, instead of making me feel kind of weird. Like, I mean, what kind of comment is that? Oh, I didn't know that you could move your legs. You know, do I turn around and go, well, I didn't know that you could use your penis. You know what I mean?
0: Like, you 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 could actually ask. I could ask. <laughs> <You> could... <laughs> but I would, but this is the point. I wouldn't. I know. I wouldn't. <laughs> I know, I know, but uh, because you you are very wise. First of all, I think you're wise. <laughs> <laughs> People, person, but yeah, I, I mean, I as a woman anyway, I really admire you because you are so outspoken and you can talk about uh, every aspect. <laughs> uh, I, I tell you the truth, uh, I, I think for us it's really difficult also to talk about sex because yeah. we are always supposed to to fall in love. You know, there is this trap of romantic love that I always yeah. say. You know, it's a trap for especially for women because men they were never been supposed. To only be in love and fall in love. Women, in our case, it looks like we always have to look for someone to get married. Totally. Totally. I mean, it's not true. Maybe we just want to have fun, and uh, in a good way, we just want to have sex.
1: Can I I mean? Can I can I be honest with you? Like I I I love my own company. I'm very particular about my home. Um, If I were to be in a relationship now, I would not. I'm not the sort of person to move someone in if they had their own space like you know but I feel that like you just said as a woman I feel the pressure so for a long time I I would even have sex with people just so that I could say as a disabled woman I'm having sex I didn't even like I didn't even like some of these people you know I didn't feel safe with some of these people but I would do it so that I would be able to say I'm like you. I'm like you. And I think now that I'm in my thirties and I just, you know, I'm so much happier within myself, you know, my career's going well. I, I, I know I've got, you know, my closest friends. I'm I'm, you know, close again with my mother. You know what I mean? There's a lot I just feel more calm and I'm bliss blissful. But actually now I'm like, what do I, do I do I want do I want to be in a relationship? Do I? And I don't even know whether I do. I don't know whether sometimes I just feel at the back of my head, you know that pressure as you said to be in a relationship obviously if someone came along and I I was like oh my god you are amazing but at the moment I I think that's probably why I don't really put effort into dating because Mm. you know I think everything happens for a reason and I think you know if I really wanted to find someone I would find them but right now I'm really like you said I'm comfortable in just being me and you know doing what I'm doing and mm-hmm. now and again, now and again, you know, maybe going and and, and having a little bit of uh, hanky panky, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, it's it's. It, I, I got I did um, an interview with a a, a um a. a a, a doctor who delivers babies I've forgotten obstetrician obstetrician and she works in television as well and she asked me you know would you like to have a child etc etc you know and I, and obviously for me I would it would be quite a complex process because of my additional you know needs it doesn't mean I can't have children but there's a lot there's a lot that I would have to take in consideration and I would also have a 50 50 risk of transfer uh, transferring my condition onto the child so there's a lot I'd have to take uh, in into consideration and and the, you know there was a, a long time where I would actually um I would actually be obsessed with having to carry the baby myself because as women were we are told that if you don't have the baby yourself you're not a woman you know mm-hmm. uh, and now I'm like Do you know what I want I think I'd be a great mother um would that mean adopting probably would that mean surrogacy probably like I don't I don't I don't feel this necessity now to um have to carry this baby myself Amazing. you know
0: you're freeing yourself yeah. from this you know uh bias and this uh kind of a, a, you know things that society wants us to think absolutely and an age is definitely a help. I tell you the truth i mean i am, and I love you know my time now. I feel more empowered, I feel more confident than ever. If I think when I was in my twenties, you know, oh my God, horrible <laughs> yeah, I was so for joy, you know I was suffering more it was all more difficult because uh, uh, I couldn't really accept who I am, you know. Also, yeah. I've been a strong woman, and, and I'm sure you uh, felt the same. Uh, a lot of people are scared about strong women, and totally. they don't even accept you. So you shouldn't be so strong. You shouldn't be so bold when, when you talk. you Or know? loud. They, loud, yeah. loud, they call oh, it. God. They tell you you're bossy, you're loud, you know, everything. But I actually, I take it as a compliment now. Mm. I think, you know, I'm actually... A, happy to be born with my you know uh, personality and character and I think you should be as well because yours is just you know amazing and uh no it, it's really great so I'm, I'm sure you have a lot of good friends because with this type of uh, you know personality I'm sure you have and, and you can also have good friends without seeing them all the time totally, totally
1: I mean my father he told me um you know that you can count your friends on on one hand and I didn't really understand that up until a few years ago. And it's true, you know, um, I, I when I moved to London, I felt like I needed to, because I didn't know anyone, I befriended everyone. And that got me into dangerous situations because I befriended very toxic people people that took advantage of me, people that stole money from me, people that, you know, took advantage of my good nature. But that was because I was obsessed with, and I think when you're, t- you know, this is quite, my my experience is quite extreme, but I think when you are in your 20s, you think that you, your worth is related to how many friends you've got or how many people like you. So I definitely, when I moved to London, that that was me. But now, you know, um, I am I'm so much more chilled and there are people that I care about. You know, and if it—it's funny because there's been a few people again on social media try and approach me, and I've been very direct with them. I'm like, look, I don't think I don't think we would be good friends. I've got enough friends, <laughs> you know, and and thank you, you know, for reaching out, but I don't have the time uh, to to kind of give you what you need. And a few people have kind of taken quite adversely to that you know but I think you have to be direct yeah. you know what what is the point of spending hours and hours kind of making small talk with someone that doesn't really bring much to your life doesn't mean you have to be horrible to them but you know I don't I don't really need anyone else in my life now you know I've got my core group um I've got, I, with my work I work in different environments all the time I am meeting people all the time so it's very, yeah, I don't think people, I think people don't really like when you're direct and I'm becoming much more direct um, with, with, with how I, I, I am with it's a
0: gift, people. It's a gift to be direct. And I, I think it's a gift and not all, everyone has it, unfortunately. And I actually, uh, I'm skeptical uh, when I meet people who I, I can see they have a different agenda, but they're Hopefully. not direct. And, and yeah. so I think they're very dangerous. They can yeah. be very dangerous. So I, I really don't like them. I much more prefer someone who is strong enough to tell me face to face what's mm. wrong, you know, uh, if uh, they don't like something. I, I really admire that. And I appreciate yeah. it. So, no, well done you. Well done you. Seriously. <laughs> <Susie. laughs> I'm such a fan. <laughs> but tell me a little bit more about your work. So you are a kind of a freelancer, speaker. you Yeah.
1: Do- Gosh, I mean, I suppose it's very strange. It sounds very bougie and very egotistical, but I suppose I've got lots of different titles. So when I moved to London, I, I, pretty, I didn't actually get into acting straight away. I actually worked for charities. So my, my whole reasoning for moving to London was I was a, a trustee for the Brittle Bone Society. Um, and and uh, I I loved it. I loved being a trustee. I love that involvement. So I wanted to, and obviously as a trustee you don't get paid; it's voluntary. So I wanted to get a paid paid job in ch- in the charity sector. So I moved to London. I started volunteering at Action for Children. Um, I was then applying for a number of jobs, but I think because I used to be a teacher and I wanted to then change my career quite late on in my life, I wasn't really getting anywhere with my job interviews, and it was becoming quite um, worrying. Um, I, I fortunately had some savings, so I was. I was quickly going through my savings. Um, And then I went to a house party. I went to a house party and there was about 40 gay men there. I was the only woman. Of course you do. Um, And a lot of the people there worked in television. And one of the hosts, who is called Max Barber, who is a director and producer, he approached me and said, um, I've got a concept you know do, do you know he first said to me have you do, have you done acting and I said yes as a child I loved it as a child I was like really one of them really annoying you know like really like, ah, children
0: I and I did acting as well when I was in high school
1: <laughs> perfect um and and um Anyway, to cut a a story short, um, we ended up doing a film together. It was supposed to be a very short indie film um, called Little Devil. You can watch it on Amazon. It's not for the faint-hearted. It's very out there. And, you know, I won Best Actress in the LA Diversity Film Festival. The film, you know, the film won a few awards. And then I got an agent Um, And then, as they say, the rest is history. However, I noticed very quickly that there was not enough disabled actors and there was hardly any opportunities and that annoyed me. So what I thought was, given my charity know-how and my affiliation with a number of charities, Um, I actually started um, kind of speaking on the behalf of the disabled people. And it was purely, to be honest, it was like my activism came out of selfish reasons. Um, You know, I wanted to become an actor. Um, I wanted to be making money. I wanted to be able to live on more than one, you know, tin of baked beans a week. So I I started uh, my activism for me. And then as I grew, I realized that my voice can really impact other people. So I started working for the charity Scope, you know, um, uh, and they gave me a lot of media training. If, if, you know, Sky News or ITV News needed a disability um, uh, correspondent or something, you know, I would go along. So I basically, I said yes to everything. I think that's part of my success. Um, I just went, yep, 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 yep. Um, and I, you that know.
0: should all do, you're right. Yes. 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 So yes, and
1: then I figured out how to do it when I was there. It's scary, um, you know, but uh, it definitely helped. And even my writing, you know, my, I write for the Metro, I write for Possibility Magazine. I, I remember being at high school and my teachers said to, to me, oh, Samantha, your writing is horrible. Your, write, your spelling and your grammar is horrible. I used to be so embarrassed. And now, now I've got two regular columns, you know, and, and that came about because I remember I had quite a bad fall. Uh, I broke I fell off the toilet as you do and I broke my skull and I broke my collarbone um and I, I actually had a drink that night so it's probably the drink um not normally that clumsy um and so I was I was kind of in bed for eight weeks uh and I started to write and then I started to send my writing uh to people and say hello do you do you want my writing and and now now you know i i have some writing uh, such
0: uh, a great food. story this is such a great story you see <laughs> from, from something bad like... <laughs> but be, being drunk and falling off a toilet <laughs> but actually you you found something good because you are proactive and and you had a new idea <laughs> and you challenge yourself and you just tried you know i always say you know to everyone just ask try at least they would say no but nothing worse can happen to you completely they're they're scared to to try but you're not scared to change and you're not scared to to try new things look i
1: would say i would say um i didn't have you know even though that that sounds really idealistic i didn't have any children i didn't have any pets i didn't have any loans or, or I wasn't in debt I had savings so I think um, from that respect I could say yes to a lot of things and invest in a lot of things because right in the beginning for the first few years of my career I did a lot for no money and I think one of my greatest achievements is knowing my worth now I know my worth you know and I think that's really important yes if you're passionate about something you should do it for free because you love doing it and you you know you get you get something out of it but I think a lot of people expect disabled people in particular to work for free because they feel like they're giving you an opportunity you know because you don't get any opportunity so one of my biggest messages when I do a lot of my inspirational talks or keynote speaking at a number of events or schools or you know conferences what I say is you need to know your worth and that when I when I put a price tag on my head for, for what I deliver um, you know that it was it was worrying because you start to think oh if you ask for money or if you put a price tag on your you know who you are and um, people will just go for someone else and you won't get anything but actually I found the opposite you know people respect you more when you say if you want me yeah. this is this is, what I co- this is what I come for you know this is what you you need to if you, you can get someone else but that someone else isn't going to be me so make a decision do you want me or do you want someone else
0: exactly but it's all connected as you said uh, uh, to the fact that now you know your worth yeah. that's fundamental this is fundamental for everyone if not people they take advantage of you totally they will keep doing that no matter what. And unfortunately, with the women, it happens more with, the, you know, disabled people, with minorities. Uh, yeah, but uh, this is something that uh, has to do with our society, the way sure. it's constructed. Uh, it's very wrong, but we should change this dynamic. And people like us, you know, I think they are uh, fundamental in order to change this. Yeah. So definitely, uh, I mean, uh, well done. But tell me, Samantha, which is your passion in life and which is your mission in life? I think I am now
1: finding
0: my passion
1: is doing what I want to do and not doing it for other people. I'm definitely going more, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still feel, I still feel external pressures. I still sometimes let people's hard, nasty words get to me, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely more comfortable in doing projects that I really, really care about and that give me kind of excitement. Um, i I love presenting, I love people, so I'm definitely doing more presenting now um I just love talking. I'd love to do my own chat so, chat chat show chat show eventually um you know so i think I think that's uh, career wise that's where I definitely want to be um I really want to travel a little bit more I think do you know what you know we were talking about a partner um if anything. What I would love for a partner is someone that would want to travel with me. So, unfortunately, I struggle to travel on my own because um, if you can't walk, um, airlines um, don't actually let you fly on your own because um, no no aircraft have got accessible bathrooms. So, yeah. So, that's.
0: Brother, she, right, so,
1: do. to be honest, one of the only thing that I really get frustrated about with regards to, you know, um, barriers real barriers because of my disability are, are, are not being able to, to, to travel independently because you know I traveled a lot when I was younger with my family my stepdad is Algerian he did a lot of you know kind of work in North Africa you know and I traveled a lot when uh, when I was younger um, and my best friend is now he's Mexican so I go to Mexico quite often which is a beautiful country I'd live there if I could but you know I, I definitely am looking for someone to travel To travel with. Um, I I feel like I need to see more of the world. And also, I'd love to teach um, what we're talking about now. I mean, I know that in theory, you know, you could, this this video can be seen by anyone. Um, But I would love to go to different countries and and share my story. Um, You know, because I think um the uk is very very progressive even though it's not perfect i think we are very progressive with yeah. regards to inclusion you know and then when i travel to mexico um i see there needs to be a lot of work and i would definitely love to to do that so that would be my i mean if you said you know what do you want to do in the next 2 years i want to be able to travel i want to be able to teach my um my words my life experiences to To others in the world. So, if anyone is listening to this podcast and would like to travel with me,
0: (laughs) then. (laughs) Maybe you will find some applicants after. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. I'm quite low maintenance, I promise. So, yeah, that's what I would love to do.
0: I love it. And have you ever thought about writing a book with your students? Oh, my goodness. That's so funny because I actually just said to my mum
1: this morning, I want to write a book. Do you know what? You know that I'm a very open person yeah. um, and if I were to write a book, it would be very open. However,
0: I, do it. We need,
1: I think though, a lot of, a lot of my life and the way I am, like I said earlier, is to do with things like my dad's dying is to do with other struggles, not related to my disability. And the danger there is these, 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 these really, powerful points in my life they weren't just to do with me they were to do with family members you know so I have to be very careful and, and you, say, yeah. you know that I because I, if I were to write a book it needs to be the truth but but that but I don't think where I don't think maybe my family are ready for that yeah I
0: um,
1: I, and this is and this is where I am right now however if you follow me on Instagram at Samantha Rank, one word, um, you can see that I do something hashtag the daily rank. So that's my last name. uh, And I just write little blurbs uh, about disability or just even just what's thinking in my head. So I'm hoping maybe that I might just for for maybe like my first little book, I might get a 100 of these the daily rank uh, and publish them all together. They're kind of just little snippets about, you know, I do one about sex and disability, or I do one about uh, you know, kind of gratitude or they just little little memoirs, I suppose, so I think that's that would maybe be my first um step into being an author
0: I love it and Samantha, what would you say to uh to, to someone uh who uh, looks to a disabled I mean what would you tell him or her to think and to how to act um I mean
1: how would you act with anyone who's non-disabled? You know, just because people have disabilities doesn't mean that you should act or behave a different way. I mean, there's 14 million disabled people in the UK. That's one in five people have a disability. Now, I know a lot of people might be thinking, hang on a minute, there's that many wheelchair users out, you know, I don't see that many wheelchairs about, but actually, you know, disability can take on very, very different forms. We have invisible disability, uh, and we have physical disability. So I think, um, you know, uh, everybody can actually become disabled in their lives. Hmm. Everyone, so even if you don't know anyone disabled or you don't really you know, feel like you need to care about disabled people, you've got to bear in mind that one day you might be disabled. And if that happens, uh, how would you want to be supported? How would you want to be treated? So I think, you know, you've used the word earlier, empathy and, uh, and compassion, and I think that's all that I ask for when people um, interact with someone with a disability.
0: It's a great message, and as you said, uh, this should uh, be the same for everyone, so we should have the same attitude towards everyone, no matter, you know, their abilities or whatever, you know, they look. That's great. Thank you, Samantha, for this message. <laughs> so this is a time for the final five questions. Oh my
1: goodness, pressure!
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I always ask to all our guests. It's a far-up uh, um, question. Um, please try to answer as quick as you can. Oh my
1: God, no, I thought you're well under pressure.
0: I don't know the truth, but I know you will. Okay. Okay. So, what's the one thing that people would never know about you, just by looking at you?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, I actually really get uncomfortable doing videoing myself even though I work in television, I really, really struggle with doing vlogs or talking. Um, I still have a few hang-ups over that. So it sounds really ridiculous, but I get, I I, I honestly get really, really like hot and flushed. If I had a camera here now, I'm not even looking at myself. I can't look at myself at the moment. I'm looking at you. So um, yeah, so I'm actually quite, um, uh, you know, kind of shy in that respect. And I'm, and I, I, yeah, even though I'm a personality, I really, like, I think I mentioned before, I really like my own company. You know, uh, when my friends have said to me, do you want to, do you want to like FaceTime me? I'm like, not really. I just want to be, <laughs> I want to be on my own. I've really struggled with a lot of people wanting to interact with me over, over.
0: I would have never thought that. Just yeah, like... no, I'm just
1: like, please leave me alone. Like, I just want to be in my pajamas. Thank you. <laughs> uh...
0: If you were a superhero, what would be your superpower?
1: So I think it would be to have the ability to freeze time. I, I remember as a child there used to be a a, a, a child show called Bernard's Watch and he used to click a watch and then everything would freeze. I think that would be really cool, particularly like if you got an exam, you could like just have a little bit extra time or you could like sneak, sneak up on people. I, I'm really quite nosy. I love looking in people's homes. I love interior design. So I love just to be able to like sneak into people's houses. <laughs> that sounds really bad, doesn't it? But anyway, yeah, I'm really nosy. <laughs>
0: it's a good power so what is your uh, your spirit animal
1: well right now it's my cat to be honest lola um i think do you know i, I do you know what i am learning more and more i'm learning a lot from animals um i think when i got my cat she taught me that i was more capable um because I you know I said that I would love to have a child and a few people have made a comment to me saying well how would you how would you cope with a child and I think getting a cat and I know a a cat isn't the same as having a child but um you know I don't do like a sphinx cat you actually need to put them in the bath every week you need to clean their face every day because they have no hair you know they, they they need a bit more attention but even things like putting their food on the floor because I can't reach the floor or reach the litter tray I've had to I've had to I've had to work around how to how to how to look after her. So I think I'm I'm learning so much from animals and the and the love that they give and they can be very um, uh, empathic and they can really help with your mental well being. So I, I, I genuinely just love. I always have loved animals. My dad was a jockey. My dad used to uh, ride horses professionally. So I've grown up uh, you know just being surrounded by animals. So I would I would quite you know the first question you asked yeah i would happily now go and buy a little house somewhere have a lot of cats or animals and not see anyone i genuinely would like honestly (laughs) i'd be i'd be
0: very happy i'd be really happy sounds like a good plan i tell you (laughs) so this is the first question what have you learned from your past relationship with with men or just in general you can choose, it can be a romantic relationship or with a friend, you, you can choose. I think don't try and change people
1: because that never works. Um, I think we can sometimes, um, uh, you know, kind of try and shape other people because we think that we're, you know, uh, making them a better person, but um, there's an expression, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And I think that's really powerful. You should never try and change somebody. So, I think that, and also um don't compromise don't compromise your obviously relationships of you know you need to compromise to a certain degree, but i think I think don't compromise things that are really you are really passionate about or that makes you 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 know um, I think there can be a lot of pressure um from like me, my my girlfriends when I was living uh, in, you know in Lancashire um i when i moved to london they they probably weren't as supportive as i'd i'd hoped they didn't really come to visit me and i think they were really shocked that i just left because we were really gr- a strong group of girlfriends and i just left and i went to london for my own life and my own freedom and i think um they were shocked so i think you know um don't you know if you want to do something do
0: it do it for you i love it. i love this message and the final question samantha what is the meaning of life (laughs) do you know what live
1: in it live 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 you know the hardest thing in this world is to live and um it's easier said than done because we are humans and human nature always always focuses on you know the negative Or what we don't have or what we haven't achieved when actually you know there's so much to be grateful for I know I keep putting this word out there but you know if you if you don't practice gratitude if you don't have a gratitude journal if you don't know what gratitude is um, I definitely think that you need to um, um, kind of investigate that Um, I think losing a, a parent very young has taught me that life is fragile and um although i forget you know i'm a human being and sometimes i get wrapped up in 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 the busyness of 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 life and i forget to to appreciate what i have um i think we're all guilty of that but you know life is life is for living so so bloody live it
0: bloody live it (laughs) thank you samantha for your message Uh, it's great you are amazing keep doing what you're doing (laughs) i will and i hope uh, you will come here in the real sofa yes because i'm already looking at your
1: interior (laughs) i love i love your house already i'm gonna move in
0: (laughs) it's done it's done and i have a beautiful cat as well so it's a deal when with this uh oh. crisis uh, we'll uh will we'll end we will meet in person again and thank you for your wisdom thank you for your time and see you soon
1: thank you for having me and my um, love to everyone who's 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 been listening
0: yeah thank you Thank you for watching Unleash The Game Changers. I hope you love Samantha Renke as much as I love her and I hope you learned something today. Please, share with all your friends uh, via all your social media, leave a comment and let me know what do you think and who do you think I might interview the next time. And don't forget to subscribe. Bye!